I've definitely had to build it. I've always been shy. Like I love connecting with people and talking with people, but I think I've, yeah, I am shy in nature. I've pushed myself out of my boundaries when I've, I've admired other people who can go up and just chat or put up their hand at an event. And I'm like, gosh, how, how could, how do they do that? You know, I, I don't know what question I'm going to ask and those sort of things, but getting older, I'm like, what have I got to lose? Maybe embarrassment. I'll go red. Who cares? Do you love your business? You should, right? Well, sometimes we just don't. It's my hope that this, the My Daily Business Coach podcast, helps you regain a little of that lost love by providing tips and tactics, tools, insights, inspiration, all the good stuff to help you actually enjoy running your business. In addition to actionable tips and tactics that you'll be able to execute immediately, you'll also hear from creative small business owners around the world who've been able to sidestep the hustle and build a business that merges their passion with their purpose and provides a profit. I'm your host, Fiona Kalaki, founder of My Daily Business Coach. Let's get going. Hello, and welcome to episode 294 of the My Daily Business Coach podcast. Today, it is an interview with a small business owner, and I have to say, this is just such a lovely interview. Like, I came off the interview with this particular person just feeling just really excited about business and about the privilege that I have of working alongside people on their journey into business. Now, I'm not working with this particular person, like I'm not her coach or anything, but it just reminded me of how lovely it is when you are in the first couple of years of business and just just how lovely it is to reflect on how far you've come. So I really hope you will stick around for that. I wanted to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians on this beautiful land on which I record this podcast, and that is the Wurrung and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. All right, let's get into today's interview episode. So today it is my absolute pleasure to bring you a recent interview that I did with Lele Clavey of Lele Clavey Photography. Now, Lele and I connected at an event that I was speaking at, which was at the Alter Electric, which is a super cool Vegas-style chapel here in Abbotsford in Melbourne. If you are getting married soon, definitely check it out. It is so awesome. But we connected there, and I have to say the first thing that I noticed about Lele was she had this incredible shirt on, like this beautiful silk shirt. And I thought, this woman knows style. (laughs) I also was like, oh, I really want to ask her where it's from. And then at the end, she came up and she introduced herself and talked about her business. And she was just so passionate about it. Now, Lele is a wedding photographer and not just, you know, any kind of stock standard wedding photographer, but comes at it from a beautiful fashion editorial kind of perspective, which has landed her in Vogue, British Vogue, and a whole bunch of other really beautiful high-end publications. Now, in today's episode, we talk about how she started because it was not the career that she originally was in. And she started a, you know, wedding photography business right at the start of the pandemic (laughs) in an area that was going into a lot, a lot of lockdowns. So, Today we talk all about that. How did she find her groove so quickly? How did she get into these incredible publications that people work years and decades in their photography career and never get into? How did she get into it so quickly? And also, what is it like to fly all over the world? She goes to, you know, the most incredible places to shoot people's wedding. How did you work that out when you are also, you know, a parent and a partner and everything else that goes with that? We also talk about what it's been like to get people to relax and calm down on one of the most stressful and overwhelming and exciting days of their life and how Lele has actually taught herself to relax, especially when she was coming into this as a new, fresh photographer in the wedding space 
and had to kind of be the one to help everyone else feel at ease, but she was also still sort of trying to grow her business herself. So there's so many insights and tips. And Lele is just such a warm, beautiful soul to talk to. And at the end, towards the end of our chat, she really shares something so personal and meaningful. And it it really reminded me of why I started my business. And, and it also inspired me to go back and look at, you know, kind of how far I've come. So I hope that it does the same for you. So this is it, my interview today with Lele Clavey of Lele Clavey Photography. Hello, Lele. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Fiona. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, you're so welcome. How are you feeling about your life right now? Life is pretty great. It's pretty great. I am in the middle of wedding season. It is hectic. Then with the two kids, life is hectic, but can't complain. It's it's awesome. Yeah. I love that answer. And I also love just your voice is so calm considering you are in the middle of <laughs> wedding season and, you know, you have two young children. You're just like, mm, no, it's good. That's, have you always been a pretty, you know how they say, that people will go up and down, you know, different life situations make your positivity up and down or, you know, less calm, more calm. Do you feel like your baseline is pretty calm anyway? Yes. I I think I've always been optimistic. I have always been really positive, not always calm, but I guess on the outside, maybe I'm calm and the inside is like turmoil. (laughs) (laughs) but always positive and optimistic, which I think helps just, yeah, settle things. Oh, I love that. And it kind of leads to my next point, which I was going to say thank you for coming up and chatting to me. We connected recently at an event that I was at. And the reason I wanted to sort of bring that up is, one, I think it's great that, you know, you came up and said hi and everything else, but also a lot of people will say, oh, I wanted to talk to somebody at an event or I saw this person talk and I thought they're amazing, but oh, I just didn't have it in me to like go and talk to them. Now, I'm not some big person that you need to be worried about, but you know, sometimes people go to a conference and there's some big name and they're like, oh, I'd love to like chat to them, but you know, I didn't want to put myself out there or I don't know how to connect or network do you do that? Do you find that just part of your personality again, that you can come up to somebody after a talk and be like, Hey, how are you? And I'd love to connect. Or have you had to build that skill set in yourself over time being in business? I've definitely had to build it. I've always been shy. Like I love connecting with people and talking with people, but I think I have, yeah, I am shy in nature. I've pushed myself out of my boundaries when I've, I've admired other people who can go up and just chat or put up their hand at an event. And I'm like, gosh, how, how could, how do they do that? You know, I, I don't know what question I'm going to ask and those sort of things, but getting older, I'm like, what have I got to lose? Maybe embarrassment. I'll go red. Who cares? <laughs> it's like, at least then, you know, if I was nervous coming up to you and asking questions at the event, I, I've, when did I read your book? Two years ago, I've had it in my bookshelf and it's just always something I reference. And so meeting you, I'm like, I have to meet Fiona because oh. I may meet you at some point, but yeah. this is my chance to come and chat. Mm. So it was, yeah, something that I feel proud when I do that. And even if I don't have a question, I will feel my heart beating and I'll be like, I have to ask a question. I don't know what it is. I'm going to put up my hand and then it comes. Yes. Yeah. So I guess just pretending that I'm confident and then leaning into it. Yeah. Oh, I love that answer. And I feel like everyone, okay, even if I, like, I, you know, I've spoken at so many events and big ones and small ones, but I feel like even when I'm on the panel, literally about to talk to somebody, I will feel my heart beating. Or when they have that, you know, they always have, everyone, if you just want to introduce yourself and I will hear the people next to me and then it's getting closer and you're like, so I think it happens to everyone. I don't know if we ever necessarily get calm, but I think it's a really good thing that you've just said about, especially as you get older. I think that too. You're just like, what do I have to lose? What's the Mm -hmm. worst that can happen? Most people aren't jerks. They're not going to be an asshole to you, you know, excuse my language. But so tell us about your beautiful business, Lele Clavey Photography, because you didn't start out in photography career. So how did this come about and when did it all come about? Yes. So I've had many lives before my photography business and I worked in marketing, social media, digital marketing, fashion production, 
and photography and like well in Melbourne New York Perth and so when I I launched my business in 2020 and at the time I was working in marketing went on mat leave had my first baby and I realized during mat leave I don't want to go back to nine to five Mm. I want to be in charge of my lifestyle. I want to do something I love and, you know, I will create my own business around the lifestyle that I love. And people had been saying for a few years, you should shoot because I'd been doing photography in fashion and lifestyle. People were suggesting like, go do weddings. You'd be great at weddings. No, no, no. Oh my gosh. So much stress. That is way too much pressure. I'm not going to do that. But then someone reached out to me. I had a five, a five month old at the time, baby. Yeah. So had the five month old was reached out to on Instagram for a registry wedding, charged $350 for a few hours of shooting their ceremony and portraits. It was not very much money. So not heaps of pressure. They didn't really care to have that. I wasn't a wedding photographer, but I walked away and I'm like, I loved that. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it. That was in February, 2020. Wow. In March, 2020, we went into lockdown. Oh my goodness. So, and that's when I had decided to launch my business. I'm like, well, is this the, I said to my husband, is this the worst time to have launched a business, a wedding photography business? Like nothing stops weddings ever except for COVID, Right. So it's like, is this the, just the worst time to have started a wedding photography business? Because other people I'm looking at Instagram and they're, they're shutting down their business or stepping away or just really jaded by everything that's happening. And he was like, no, it's actually the best time because people are stepping out, which mm. means there's room for you to step in. I was like, that is so true. And ah. the, yeah, I had no work. There was no weddings going on. So I went full in on education about wedding photography or how to set up a business. And yeah, it's been amazing since then. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And I love that you have, and also, you know, supported by your partner, that mindset of there's space for me. Because even, you know, whether there's a COVID lockdowns or not, I feel like I hear all the time from people going, oh, but, you know, there's another homeware shop in my industry, you know, in my area, or there's this or there's that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I always think there's so many Irish pubs. It doesn't mean that somebody doesn't open another Irish pub, like, mm-hmm. or, you know, a cafe in Melbourne, like how many cafes out there? And there will always be people that find you because you're the right fit for them. Exactly. And so, like you mentioned, 2020, yeah, pretty hard time to start a business. But I love that you also just went, you know what, what can I do right now so that when I get out of this, which we will, I'm going to be in a better position rather than just freezing and be like, ah, okay, it's all, it's all coming crumbling down. So you have managed to make a pretty good name for yourself in a very short amount of time. Like we are literally, what, three years, three year birthday for your, for your business. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And so how have you done that? How have you, especially because the, you're in Melbourne and, you know, this the, we were the most locked down city in the world, so there wasn't weddings happening. How have you done that? A few things. Education was number one. So I first tried to seek some education in how to shoot a wedding, like creatively, and I couldn't find much on that. You can find some YouTube things, but in terms of like how to shoot a wedding, you sort of just need to learn it on the job. Mm-hmm. And watch, you can watch things, but yeah, learning on the job is probably the easiest. But what I found was how to set up education on how to set up a business. And mm-hmm. so the way I worked towards that was I want to be a really successful business, not just start a small business, but start a successful one. And so how am I going to do that while I haven't shot any weddings? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like that hard work, perseverance. I niched down early. So I think that made a big difference in what you put out there is what you attract. So like for social media, if I showed any sort of wedding, then I'll get any sort of inquiries. Mm. So I would just show what I loved. And even at the time, I didn't have any wedding content because I hadn't shot any weddings. So, but I had fashion photography content. So I showed that and then it drew in 
the clients that loved fashion photography and wanted that in their weddings. Mm. So that worked to niche quickly. And if I didn't get bookings because I was too niched, that's okay because I was able to spend the time working on the business or with my family. Mm. So that's a win. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so media, when we talked, we were chatting about media. And obviously you come from a fashion and marketing and social media kind of background as well. And media has been a big part of your work as well. You've been featured already, which I know people will be like, what? She has been three years in business, but you've already been featured in Vogue and British Vogue. And so how did those opportunities come about and what advice would you give to other people, whether they are wedding photography or interior design or whatever else about pitching to the media, whether it's Vogue or whether it is you know, another kind of media outlet? So I think it's knowing your brand and who you want to be associated with because it's not worth spending any time pitching or being featured in publications that don't align with your brand and don't align with the ideal client that you want to attract. So for me, early on, I knew British Vogue and Vogue, that sort of caliber is where I wanted to position myself. And so I was aiming for those. So specific examples, I guess, British Vogue, it's a paid advertisement. They reach out to a bunch of photographers. And when I received the email, I was so excited. I was like, I know I'm paying, I would pay for this, but this is so amazing that I'm being recognized and I can be featured there. I put it on Instagram the next morning and said, I have been reached out by British Vogue. I'm going to be featured in their pages. How amazing is that? My current clients at the time who had just booked me were like, that's amazing, Leigh. And then people who had just started inquiring with me, they were like, oh my gosh, you're going to be featured in British Vogue. I realized that just talking about it, I didn't even need to pay for the feature. Yeah. People <laughs> already were hearing British Vogue, Lele. And like, mm, wow. Yeah. Yes, trust. And so my reasoning for paying or for being featured in these publications is for the trust from clients to go, okay, yes, I'm going to pay those prices. Okay. Yes. You are the luxury and you are the photographer that I want for my wedding. So that, uh, that answers the question. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Totally. And so like, I I totally get it. And I think that's a, a great kind of credibility builder. Were you really like, oh my God, I don't know which photos to submit. Or do they, once you had that, or like, can you submit any photo or are they like, no, we have to go through all of them. And we have creative license over which of your photos you actually submit in for publication. For the paid advertising, you can put which one you want. And it did take a while. It's like, how am I going to stand out on this page and all those things with Australia Vogue, that was an organic submission or organic It was a real wedding story. And the way that came about was the bride, she works in PR with Vogue in the beauty area. And so she knew the team at Vogue. And so to be able to, with her, I collaborated with her and we niched down her images to what we thought were the best ones. And then Vogue from there took their creative license and chose which ones they wanted to feature. And so in terms of being featured in Australia Vogue, because I get this question from wedding photographers a lot, how do I get featured in Vogue Australia, is that there are a few different arms for that. My bride, she had connections at Vogue. It was still a bit tricky to get in, but we got made it. So she had connections or they need to be an influencer or someone of, you know, someone like a an actress or something. Yeah. Or have a wedding that is extravagant. Mm-hmm. that is a point of difference that that has to be in line with Vogue's Vogue's brand. Yeah. So. Wow. Oh my goodness. And so on that again, sorry, I'm asking more questions. When it came out, were you just over the moon? Did you just run to the news agents and get like five coffees? Were you just so excited to be like, oh my goodness, I am here in Vogue? Yes. At the same time, I, and it was like one of my goals forever since I started as in three years ago, I was like, well, this, I think this was the year and a half into the business. I'm like, okay. It was almost like, okay, done. Tick next. And that's a reminder to, for me to be like, no, I need to celebrate every single win because a year and a half ago, that was on the top of my list. And now I'm like, whatever, move, not whatever, but (laughs) okay, done, move on. 
so yeah, I now always try to celebrate each win and dwell in that, you know, success and then help it fuel the next goals that I want to reach. Yeah. Oh, I, I am constantly asking clients like, you know, how are you celebrate this? How are you going to celebrate it? Even if it's small, like even mm-hmm. I have one client who likes to go and buy donuts and like from a particular donuts, you know, fancy shop. I have another client who's like, I'm going to take more time off because I got to here and I want to take more time off and spend it with my children. So yeah, I think it's so, so important that you got there. In terms of the impact that that had, you already talked about, I, I mentioned it the next day on social media and instantly you're like, ah. So do you feel like that has continued to have a kind of the credibility factor of it has had a positive impact on the business overall? Like, do you feel like it has actually brought in more sales and more people saying, I want to work with you particularly? Definitely. And so I find that at weddings, bridesmaids will be like, oh, this is, this feels like a Vogue shoot. And the bride will say, yes, this is why I hired Lay because she was featured in Vogue. So it's the, it's that trust and that they are like, yes, I'm, I'm, I chose right. And I'm okay paying these prices because, you know, there is all this, these awards, this leverage underneath to go, yes, she is worth it. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love that we're talking about this because I feel like people don't necessarily put themselves forward for this because I think sometimes they're just focused on just the publication itself rather than the impact and the long tail effect that comes from being featured in that publication. Exactly. Yeah. Even years later, like I, I used to write for Monocle who knows, I might write for them in the future again. But even the fact that you've done it, like you've written, so you can say, I've written for Monocle. Even if it was 10 years ago, it's still those things that come up in people. Like you said, that no like trust, that trust is so important and people don't put themselves forward enough, I think, in order to get the long tail effect. It's all like, oh, okay, you know, that magazine might not like me. It's like, it's not necessarily the magazine. It's what it actually will bring you long-term. Exactly. And I think that's why it's really makes a difference to choose where you put your energy and say for for example British Vogue if it is an advertise if if a client looked and they see oh this is the advertising feature oh they paid for it it's okay because I was still contacted by them even Mm -hmm. though they contact a lot of photographers I was still contacted by them I only need to say feature in British Vogue I only need to pay once to mm. say I've been featured in British Vogue. That could have been 10 years ago, like Monocle. Yeah. But it's, I've still been featured. So yeah, yeah. totally. And you're getting in front of the right people, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, your audience. So you are front and center at, well, not front and center, you're front and behind the scenes <laughs> at, you know, somebody's wedding. And particularly if you're attracting the type of people who want a Vogue wedding and, uh, you know, obviously that comes with luxury and money being spent and everything else. And you're there for one of the most important moments in someone's life. And also the pressure is on to get that shot. You know, they're not going to do this. Hopefully they're not going to, you know, get married five times. It's once and you've got the one shot when they kiss and the one shot when this happens and the one shot of, you know, when he turns around or she turns around or they turn around to see the person coming down the aisle or wherever it is. And so when you were starting, how did you work through the nerves of the pressure that I would imagine is on any photographer to get the shot, but particularly in a wedding environment and particularly for the type of people that are coming to you that want this incredible shot. It's not just, you know, here I am. Hi, I'm with my mum and dad. Like it's, it's a beautiful shot. And so how did you get through those nerves at the start? And also what do you do now if maybe you're not in the right mindset when you, you know, you wake up, you've kind of, maybe your kids have been annoying you or they've been up all night. And so how do you get yourself into that mindset to be there and do your best work? Yes. Well, I'll say now, even though I've shot, how many weddings have I shot? I don't know, over 40 weddings or 50, I still get nervous. So it, the nerves don't, don't diminish after, you know, I've got this. Yeah. And when, if the nerves do start to settle, I know I need to shake things up because I'm being, becoming too complacent, but basically preparation is a big thing. So that includes like, so I write a run sheet, photography run sheet for my couples And so I know exactly where I have to be. They know where I'm going to be and there's no surprises on the day. It's not like, oh, why didn't they allow time for sunset photos? They're the best photos of the day. Well, how would they know if I didn't tell them that Mm. we need to do sunset photos? It's also 
meeting the clients, meeting the couples beforehand, talking on the phone. This is before booking, but also talking through the timeline, going for a location scout with them or by myself, getting to know the area and looking at the light. And so I come in prepared going, I know exactly where we're going to go. Let's go over there. This is a beautiful spot. When in the beginning, I think as beginning wedding photographer, I winged it and I was like, it'll be fine. I'll get there on the dot. We'll walk around and I'll just find a spot. So a spot will call to me with beautiful light and we'll go over there. But I didn't, I felt stressed. And so then I was like, I need to take the time and go location scout and tell the couple yeah, exactly what I need, what I'm going to do with them. And then that makes them feel comfortable, makes me feel comfortable. And we all go into it more prepared. I packed my bag the night before. And that means that if there's anything that I'm missing, like I need more, more, you know, memory cards or my batteries aren't charged, at least I can go out the morning of, or even that night, like if all bags are packed and I'm ready to go, that includes snacks and everything. I print out all my run sheets upload them onto my phone, have set it as my screensaver as well. So then I can check my phone if we're on the go and I don't access the sheets. And having a second shooter also really helps to, if it's a really big wedding, having someone there just to bounce off. And if I'm feeling like I just lost my, like just lost my train of thought, I don't know what I'm doing you're like, can you take over for a second? You know, I can go and collect myself and yeah. And it just helps having someone else to bounce off for those bigger ones. And then in terms of getting in the zone, because I fly into the morning with my kids and then if I have to go to a wedding, it's not like I get a peaceful, like wake up and have a coffee and ease into the day. (laughs) No, fly into the day and get them ready. My husband's super supportive and will, you know, be helping, but I'll obviously be there and like, yeah, getting them sorted for the day and my bags are all packed from the night before. And then I'll try to have everything ready to go in the car and have a lie down for even, you know, how you do your like, let's breathe for one minute. I lie down and I breathe. Oh, I think that's so important, that yeah. minute to yourself. Is that before you leave the house? That's before I leave the house. If that doesn't happen, I'll get in the car and then breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because sometimes lying on the bed, it's like, ah, you're lying on the bed, let's jump all over you. <laughs> so, so I'll get into the car, breathe, and then set up my mat. And I always leave an hour. In the beginning, I would get to the couple's place an hour before I needed to be there and just sit there. Now I cut it a bit finer. I'll try to get there half an hour with half an hour allowance so that I'm still sitting there for half an hour, but in case there's traffic or the car breaks down, Mm. I'm sorted because that's the worst thing to just feel super stressed about traveling and getting late, being late. And then I enter the day just feeling, yeah, not great. So to get into the zone after breathing, I'll listen to motivational podcasts, audio books to get me into like a zone of like, you are successful. You can do this. (laughs) There's always imposter syndrome. No matter how many weddings I've shot, it's still like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love this. I love the screenshot on like your screensaver. That is genius. I have never done that. And the amount of times that I'm on my phone looking for Dropbox, looking for a run sheet or, mm-hmm. you know, like if I'm talking at an event and say I'm the MC or something, yeah, you're like trying to find this piece of paper or trying to bring up that document. And quite often I put it on the screen, but even finding that sometimes when you've got all these screen grabs and everything else, it's so smart. And as well, because then you could just tap your phone and see it as opposed to having to unlock your phone. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I'm going to steal that so much. And so second to that, you know, you getting yourself ready, which I love that you talked us through that because it's it's so real and relatable. And I feel like a lot of people can take elements from that, whether they're in photography or a completely different business. But second to that, a lot of people hate getting their photo taken. They hate it. I know that when I got my wedding photo taken, photos, I did not like them because we didn't hire a wedding photographer. We hired a friend 
who wasn't really a friend, it was an acquaintance. She was more of a photojournalist rather than, and I was working for the newspaper. And so she was like, I can do your wedding. And I was like, really? And so she did this discount and my husband and I, she did a fine job, but it was, she wasn't a wedding photographer. So there was, and when you said the run sheet, there was lots of photos that got missed. My mum was like, where's the photo with all the family behind us on the church steps? Didn't get done. Like a lot of those things. But how do you get people into a zone of feeling comfortable in front of the camera? I know lots of people listening to this hate getting their photo taken, even though, you know, they're like, I need brand photo shoot or I need something done. How do you get people comfortable, especially when they're freaking out? Cause it's, you know, it's their wedding day. So I guess for for weddings, I suggest ha- having a photo shoot before, like an engagement shoot. And that way they can see, they can test out their makeup, their trial makeup. They can also see out how I shoot. We can get to know each other. And even with a photo shoot, you might have an hour and a half or an hour with a photographer, but the first half an hour, while I might be shooting, we're really getting to know each other. Mm. And then after the half, the first half an hour goes by, it's even like the last five minutes of us shooting, I get my shots, right? Mm. Because it's like, we're comfortable now. We're both comfortable. Easing into it takes a little while. And then five minutes, oh, we got it. And so that helps with wedding couples, but obviously with if you're hiring, like doing a brand shoot, you're not going to do a test one and then a real one. And so I think it's, I would recommend hiring a photographer you feel comfortable with, meet them, or do you resonate with them on Instagram? Have you got a recommendation for someone else that they're really lovely? Like one of my, I guess my superpower is my calm nature. And some people want, you know, the crazy, like, oh, I want hype for a wedding for weddings or or for any shoot day but I'll bring in the calm that's what I do and so I'll like hopefully de-stress people and make them feel comfortable I think for like a brand shoot and things like that get your makeup done get your hair done feel beautiful wear something amazing and pretend that you're that person that loves getting their photo taken and that, you know, step into someone else, like the confident version of you that is great in front of the camera. I'm not oh, sure. Yeah. No, I think that's a really important thing. And especially when you said, you know, wear something comfortable. I think sometimes people go too much in, I need a whole new outfit. I need something that's not me, or I'm going to, you know, get this really expensive designer thing and I'm going to send it back after the photo shoot. And yes, I totally get why that happens. And maybe that you can have a mix of that. But I often say to clients, what do you love wearing in your own, you know, in your own wardrobe? Because if you've worn that a thousand times, you you already feel good in it because you're comfortable, you know how it fits, you know how it's going to sit when you sit down or, or go in a particular pose. So yeah, I think it's so important to be comfortable and thinking about that. And also, yeah, to just get in the zone and be like, I've paid for this. This is an important thing. Let's not stuff it up and just enjoy it because otherwise there's really no other option. You can enjoy it or just be terrified. And then the photos won't look great either. Exactly. And I think with a photographer that brings out the best in someone, it's the prompts that they give. So it's not just like, just smile at the camera. I think in my early days, it's like, just smile at the camera. But now like I chat, I have my camera down for the most part of a first part of a shoot. And then I'll get talking and it's easier with two people, like a couple, cause they can bounce off each other. And if the groom or the bride is really nervous, I'll just get them to look at each other or the bride to look at him if she's really nervous. Mm. And then, and then I'll bring my camera up. So instead mm. of like, smile at me yeah. you know that that's people don't like that yeah. I don't like that and yeah. so yeah if if it's a good photographer they'll make you feel calm by the prompts and the direction they give yeah oh so true and so it sounds like you took quite a bit of time in that well you you took the opportunity in the time that we had in lockdown to educate yourself about business who has helped you with your business or what has helped you with your business have you had any particular podcast. You mentioned you listen to motivational podcasts. Have you had a particular book that really cemented it? Do you have, you know, family members or or friends that are business owners that helped you? Who or what do you think has helped you the most in building this business out? When I started the business, I joined up on an online course called The Business Map by Jai Long. And so I listened to Jai's podcast. He's probably been one of the main mentors. His Make Your Break podcast 
I can just turn it on and he'll immediately, you know, different, different podcasts and different mentors Mm. resonate with different people. But for me, he's, he inspires me. And so I, yeah, listen to his a lot to get into the zone. Yeah. He has been, or he is a wedding photographer. He's a photographer. Is that right? He has recently, yeah, wedding photographer, but gone into the full-time into the educational space. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So that really helped when I yeah was looking for how to shoot weddings and then Ooh. found his course, but his is how to set up a successful business in wedding photography. But I think anyone could use the, it's just a blueprint of these are the things to do. Yeah. And so that really helped his podcast and then some books. So Badass at Making Money. You're oh, a badass yeah, at him. making money. Love that. Sachero, Sachero, I don't know yeah. say it. Yep. Purple Cow. Oh, yeah, Seth Godin, last one. Yeah, your book. I was on my way to an epic wedding in Sydney and I was really nervous and it was, but I, I, I was meaning to buy your book, found it at the airport and read it and like you should see it, it's scribbled all over, like highlighted oh, yes. and so I recommend your book to so many people about oh. just if you're starting a business, here are the like the basics of what you need to know and it yeah. makes it really approachable and... Yeah, oh. I, I'm as as obsessed with business as I am with the creative part, which I think is so, and business is so creative. So I just love like any of these sort of books about, yeah, how to create a successful business for you. I recently read The Everyday Creative. He's oh, yeah. He's an urban guy, yeah. And he has this concept about your perfect average day. And mm-hmm. so this is one of my my things that I try to live every day or every week. Am I living my perfect average day and what is included in that? So my perfect average day is waking up at five, making a coffee. The coffee machine does not wake up the kids. I can (laughs) set up my intentions for the day. Then once the kids wake up at seven, like how, you know, we ease into dropping them off at childcare and then I can go into my like go and work in cafes and I have a shoot later. And like, it's just, you know, it's not like, what do I want to do in my dream life? Fly to like Italy and shoot. It's what's a normal day and what does that involve? And then how do I live that every day? Another one I'm leaning into, which is less about more creative, less about business is called the artist's way. Oh yeah. um, What's her name? Julia Cameron. Mm -hmm. Yeah such a great book and also there's a whole like I think the artist way workbook and there's mm-hmm. I think a lot of people sell kind of courses or or not even courses almost like a challenge like a let's work through the artist way book to, together yeah. oh this so I love that book that you mentioned I mean I love that concept from the book the everyday creative but I love that concept of the perfect average day I love perfect and average next to each other yeah I think that's so important and also I have to say Thank you so much for mentioning my book, but also, but, but in particular, your story of, I went to the airport and I found it. Is that correct? You found it at the airport because I have to say, Lele, literally I'm getting on a flight soon. I have not been on a plane in three years. I used to be on a plane seven times a year, every year, like at least overseas once, if not twice, at least up to Sydney or Queensland multiple times in the year. And I've just not been because of all lockdowns and some other stuff that's gone on. So, but I, it was my dream when I put out that book that someone would find it at an airport and that I would see them at the airport seeing, you know, that was my ultimate dream. And so when you just said that, I'm like, cause I thought on Friday when I go to the airport, I was like, I wonder if my book is even at the airport. And then you just said it and I'm like, Oh my God, it's like my dream has been realized. So thank you, because that was when I put the book out, because we couldn't launch it, we couldn't go anywhere. I was like, I'm never going to see somebody at an airport with it. So thank you for telling me that story. And I just love also that you're so engaged and open to learning. I think that is something that even no matter what acclaim or awards or anything you get to, that there's constant like interest and hunger for for learning. It's such a good, good trait. And so on that, because you've, you know, you haven't been in business that long, but you've been in business long enough. What are you most proud of from your journey in business so far? I am proud of creating a thriving business and a beautiful lifestyle, pretty much my perfect average day. And so it's, it's the fact that I can go to work 
I think it's that dream, you know, I want to work without feeling like it's work Mm. and everything I would do, I would do for free. I'm like, this is so much fun. (laughs) I go to a wedding and it's like, this is so much fun. I can't believe I do this. Even me like writing a blog post or something. I'm like, this is awesome. (laughs) I don't know. It sounds, it's, yeah, I guess it's a bit corny, but like, I love what I do and love learning and improving and putting down goals and, and reaching them and being like, okay, what's next? It's like, so when I, when I emailed you about being on this podcast, I had just found a journal entry that I had written in my diary in 2017. So can I read it? Oh, yes. I would love that. So it says, dream at least once a day, allow yourself the freedom to think and dream. Oh, it sort of gets me teary. Oh, it's getting um, me teary. <laughs> my diary. <laughs> So it says, my dream list, I want to work for myself. I want to be excited, inspired, motivated to work every day. I want to work with creative, passionate people. I want to make $500 a week. (laughs) I laugh at that now because I would not be able to survive on $500 a week. And I want to travel for my job. And it's like all of these things, 2017, 89, 2022. So it was a few years ago. But still, like it's they've all come true. Yeah, Isn't that amazing. Add a few, add a few zeros to the. I want to make five hundred dollars a week. That's just beautiful, and thank you for sharing that because I think that is something. One, I don't think that we look back enough in a positive light. Sometimes I think we look back and like, oh, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. But I think that's so nice that you've kept that, and also that you can look at it because I think that about lots of different things in the business, but also my son, my second son, I was just looking at him last night when he was going to sleep. And I was thinking for years, I wanted this for years. I craved a second child and we had a lot of trouble getting there, but then you get there and then you kind of forget, not forget, but you sort of, you know, you don't necessarily, I mean, I think I'm thankful all the time, but you don't reflect on it sometimes, especially when kids are being annoying and everything else. And you're like, my God, my younger self would have died to be in this position. And here I am and I'm in it and I'm living it. And I love that you had put that down and you can literally tick every single thing and that you've also cultivated that for yourself. It hasn't just magically come out of nowhere. Like you've done the work, you've worked towards it, you've had a vision in mind. It's just beautiful. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I love, I love that. It's just beautiful. And so what is next for you? And where can people connect with you if they're listening, thinking, oh my goodness, this person needs to shoot my wedding? <laughs> or do you do any other, do you do any milestone birthdays or anything else that people come to you for? Or you, I just, you know, I'm, I'm solely focused on weddings. If someone's listening and thinking, oh, well, I'm not getting married anytime soon, but I think she'd be fabulous for something else. So I do in the off season, winter, if I'm not in Europe shooting weddings, I will shoot family photography. Mm-hmm. And then I also work with commercial clients. So doing a lot of fashion photography and yeah, but mainly weddings, like during wedding season, it's just like solely. Yeah. Wow. And I have to say when you've talked about just now and you had it on your checklist of travel and you just mentioned I'm not in Europe necessarily. So are you in Europe shooting mainly Australian people's weddings who are doing a destination wedding or are you shooting people from Europe's weddings in Europe? Their destination weddings from Australia, US, maybe from Europe, but not from, say it's in Italy, they're not Italians getting Mm. married. They are British, American, Australian. So yeah, it's so cool. And the places that it can take me is places that I wouldn't necessarily go to, you know? Yeah. Yes. And how does your partner feel about that? Is he always like, can I jump in your suitcase? Can I come well, too? Do you try and make it a family? I do. I do. And I'm like, so this would be great. We can get the kids on. So my one and a half year old and three and a half year old, I'm like, I dream that it'll be amazing. And, you know, we can rent a little villa in it in the South of France and have an idyllic trip. And he's like, no, no, it will not be fun. <laughs> Why don't you just go and yeah. and then we'll see you when you go back. So, yes, my I have to thank him for being an amazing support person and I wouldn't be able to have the amazing business that I do without his support and that village, you know, around yeah. me because it is not easy with 
children. (laughs) No. And especially wanting to do something like this. And I'm sure also, I'm sure you are equally as supportive to him as well. And so yeah, where can people connect with you? What's next for you? Do you have anything coming up that you want to, you know, chat about now? Yes. So I'm excited because I'm launching into education for photographers or education for creatives. So creating online courses, products, different educational pieces that pretty much using what I was trying to find a couple of years ago when I was starting. So now creating those for others. And people started asking about if I offered mentoring about a year ago and imposter syndrome. I was like, no, I've only been in the business for two years. Like, what would you gather from me? And now I finally said, I'm like, if people are asking, okay, let's just brave it and risk it and offer it. So now I'm offering mentoring, which is so amazing. And I just want to help more people. So if I can put that into, I'm asking the same questions as well over and over. So if I can put that into online courses and guides and products that people can buy and learn from, then I can help more people as well as still offering my mentoring. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. That's so exciting. And so is that available now? Can people go into your website? Is it Yeah. So they can sign up for my newsletter or subscribe to the newsletter. And then once I launch things, because it's in very early stages, but this winter is when some things, so a few months away, which is really exciting, but working on branding and everything about that now. That's so exciting. Yeah. And people can connect with me on Instagram. So it's Lele Clavey Photography, L-E-I-L-E-I. C-L-A-V-E-Y photography and my website's www.leleclavy.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and what a beautiful chat. I feel like you're just a, oh, just a lovely soul and it's been really enjoyable to chat to you. So thank you so much and, and sharing so many insights and tips and well done on all of you've created in such a short amount of time. Thank you, Fiona, for having me. It's been great. Bye. Bye. Oh my goodness, how beautiful is Lele. I just love how vulnerable and real and human she was on our interview and in our chat and being so willing to share of herself because I know there'll be people listening to this that perhaps think, I would like to try a new career, but I, you know, don't have the experience or you know, could I really do this when I've got a young family? Is it possible to do this, this and this and everything that I want to do, plus also be a parent? I just think there's so many lessons and insights from that beautiful chat. And I just want to thank Lele again, because as I said at the start, when I did that interview with her, I got off the phone just feeling really, well, off the phone, off the computer phone, (laughs) feeling really inspired. And I think the longer you get into business, sometimes you don't have those moments of inspiration as much. So I just want to say thank you to Lele for that. I would love to know what you most took away from this. And you can always email us hello at mydailybusinesscoach.com or you can find us on TikTok at mydailybusiness or Instagram, mydailybusinesscoach. And I'd love to hear from you and I'm sure Lele would as well. So if you're interested in connecting with Lele, you can find her great, beautiful photos and information about her packages over at leleclavey.com and that's l-e-i-l-e-i-c-l-a-v-e-y.com and if you want to connect with Lele on Instagram it is photography, all one word l-e-i-l-e-i-c-l-a-v-e-y photography and we'll link to all of those in the show notes. So two things that stood out for me from that conversation. The first is that I love that Lele talked about taking a minute, you know, taking the time to get yourself into the right headspace and to relax before going into a situation where she really needs to lead. And I think this is just such a magical thing that we don't do enough of. I know with my own coaching clients and in group programs that I run, and even in workshops, I'll often say to people, let's all take 60 seconds and just do a one minute, you know, breathe in, breathe out and be really present and let go of whatever we've dealt with before we got to this point in the day. Because everyone does. We're dealing with things all day long. Maybe something's gone wrong this morning and you're rushing around. And it's just taking that one minute. It can be as little as one minute to yourself to just breathe, 
take a minute, remind yourself that the world is not crashing down around you and be fully present for whatever situation that you're about to go in. And I love that Lele talked about that and, you know, that she gets to places early so that she can give herself that gift of not feeling rushed and not feeling frantic so that she can show up and be her best self. Because there's, you know, there's so much scientific evidence to say that when we're stressed, our brain literally does not work the same way that it does when we are not stressed. And so if we can do that to ourselves, just take a few deep breaths, reset. I think it's the parasympathetic nervous system. Maybe I've got that wrong. I'm sure lots of naturopaths and other people will get in touch and say, that's not the system. But, you know, reset the nervous system by just having a few deep breaths. It's funny because I do this with my kids whenever they're stressed or worried. We'll be like, okay, come on some three deep breaths. We're going to take three deep breaths in and let it out. And yet I think as adults, we don't do that enough. So really love that Lele talked about that. The other thing that stood out to me was Lele talking about that perfect average day. I love that concept. And I know that she's you know credited that, but I just think that is such an important reminder that perfect average day. It's not this perfect day where, you know, Parkwood Entertainment gets in touch and is like, Beyonce wants to work with you. It is a day where, you know, some other stuff happens that's the normal stuff, but that it happens in a beautiful way and it happens in a way that is your perfect average day. I think it's a really important thing to think about. What does a perfect average day mean to you? What does it look like to you? It reminded me later when I was thinking about it, when I started this business, a catalyst for starting this business was I'd had all these conversations and all these different things, but a friend took me to a workshop with her. Really, if I'm being honest, I just went because it was free champagne and it was a good chance to catch up with my friend. But this woman asked us to, you know, think about a similar kind of concept. Think about, you know, a great, amazing day and write it. And I wrote mine and then I thought, I want that life. And I remember the woman saying to me, that's your decision to have that life or not have that life. And really the things that I wanted in my day were not big. They were having enough time to have a cup of tea, have a hot cup of tea. Anyone that's a parent knows that, but more so just have a cup of tea without, like at the place that I was working at at that time, I was rushing from meeting to meeting. I didn't have time to eat. I didn't have time to have a cup of tea. And so I wanted a cup of tea. I wanted time to be able to sit out the front of my house and just look at the birds and take in nature And I wasn't doing that. I was in a car a lot of the time. I was in a car, in the dark, going into work in the city, sitting in a big, you know, big kind of corporate office all day, getting back in the car when it's dark. And that was my life. And I wanted to have more nature. I grew up with nature and I wanted to have that. So it was really interesting to think about those things because a huge part of why I enjoy working from home, why I enjoy running my business is literally as I'm recording this, I'm looking out onto beautiful bushland and I know I'm incredibly privileged and lucky to live where I live. But, you know, you can get that by going for a walk. You can get that by having the freedom to be able to go for a walk in the middle of the day or to get out early in the morning and to get some fresh air and to get that nature, which I wasn't doing at that time. So yeah, I really think that's something to reflect on and think about yourself. What does you know a perfect average day look like for you? So that is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that chat with Lele. If you'd like to connect with Lele, you'll find all the links and all the other information over at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash podcast forward slash 294. And if you found this enjoyable, why not share it with a friend or leave us a review? It helps other small business owners be able to find this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Daily Business Coach podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can do that at mydailybusinesscoach.com or hit me up on Instagram at mydailybusinesscoach.com.